Computer programming has a new name. It's coding and everyone is talking about it. In a blog post last fall, CTD labeled it as the new imperative in education from pre-K on up. So Anne Gadzikowski, CTD's early childhood coordinator, is here to give us the skinny. How can such advanced technology concepts be taught to preschoolers? And how much extra screen time is required? Are good old-fashioned board games a thing of the past? Keep listening to find out. Anne, let's start with some general questions on every parent's mind. When is it too soon for screen time, and how much is too much? I get this question a lot from parents who are concerned about how drawn to electronic devices their children are. When my daughter, who is a teenager now, was born, I looked at the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendations about screen time, and at that time, the guideline said nothing until they're two years old, and that's the rule that I followed. Today, nearly 20 years later, the guidelines are still the same, despite the introduction of smartphones and tablets and the prevalence of screens in today's society. And as a result, I don't necessarily agree with the guidelines anymore. There are two other very well-regarded organizations, the National Association for the Education of Young Children, or NAEYC, and the Fred Rogers Center for Early Learning, and they have a more expansive and progressive view about the use of digital devices with young children. They don't have a hard and fast rule on how young is too young, but rather they say it depends on two factors, context and relationships. So, for example, the Fred Rogers Center provides resources for families on media and technology. Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood famously said, I went into television because I hated it. He saw how much garbage was on TV, and he wanted to make sure that kids and parents had better options. Today, there is still a lot of garbage out there, and even more ways to access it. There are, however, wonderful ways to use digital technology to enrich the lives of young children. For example, a baby can sit on his parents' lap and Skype with grandparents two states away, or a parent deployed overseas in the military can read a bedtime story to her toddler via FaceTime. So no one would argue that these uses of technology, given the context and the relationships being strengthened in the process. So I think we need to be more open to how children may benefit from technology. You know, I so appreciate you sharing that because as a parent, it sometimes seems as though exposing kids to technology is sort of a guilty if you do, guilty if you don't scenario. You're defying the experts if you expose young kids to screens, but since so many parents do, you feel like your kids are falling behind if mm -hmm. you don't. Yes. Well, there certainly is a balance straight down the middle. I would say use technology in moderation. Use it with your child, with your child, so that you're not just supervising it, but you're mm -hmm. engaging in it and having fun and enjoying it together. And then as kids get older, they can use apps and games on their own, but parents should always know what the child is doing. So screen time, both the quality and the quantity, should follow a plan that the parents and the children make together. Thank you, Anne. Sometimes advice about screen time seems restrictive or overly complicated. You've given us some great ground rules to use at home, but freedom to apply individual judgment, too. So let's switch now to digital gaming in classrooms, and CTD early childhood classrooms specifically. Could you share what role digital gaming will play in LeapFrog courses this summer? 
We've been very cautious about using digital technology in LeapFrog classes because we want to be sure we're using the best educational tools and that we're employing them really effectively. But this summer, in summer 2015, we're poised to do something new. We're rolling out two new tracks of technology-oriented science courses. One is animation and one is robotics. Now we've taught these topic, topics to older kids before, but this will be the first time we've taught this kind of technology at the pre-K level all the way up. Both tracks will have four courses scaffolded at our different grade bands. So that's pre-K, K, K1, 1, 2, 2, 3. I know CTD students are bright, but can you really teach animation and robotics to such young children? We can now, but only because there are new tools to do so that weren't available even a year ago. There are some fantastic apps that have been created specifically for very young children. So using animation, the apps build on what an actual computer programmer would do. Um, the apps break it down into simple visual steps so that even before they learn to read and write, young children can create a computer program. Wow. Well, I know the next question on everyone's mind. What are these great new apps and games? Some of the favorites that we really like are Daisy the Dinosaur, Codable, Hopscotch, and Scratch Jr. So Daisy the Dinosaur, for example, is an app that involves drag-and-drop colored blocks that kids can put in a sequence to make Daisy move. Uh, Codable is a game. It reminds me of Pac-Man. It has a funny little creature that moves down a path collecting jewels and each time the creature gets to one it makes a funny little sound. And again though it's very clearly scaffolded for the user to learn how to create a sequence of commands to achieve a goal. There's also um, a new app that just recently came out. It's called Run Marco. It's very similar to Codable, but it has an adventure story behind it. Marco is like an Indiana Jones type character, and he has an adventure as the players string commands together to write code and make Marco follow a specific path. Not every teaching tool we'll be using involves a screen. In robotics, we'll be using devices that teach children how to program the robots. Bebot is one which we're especially interested in. It's a little bee on wheels and the children program it by pushing buttons on the bee's back. And they make the bee follow a specific path based on the sequence of commands that they've loaded into the bee. And this is what we call a tangible interface, where instead of using a keyboard or a touch screen, the children are actually moving and manipulating the objects and creating a sequence of commands. And in doing so, they're essentially writing code. Hmm, fantastic. Well, Bebot, Daisy, Codable, and Marco sound like they could be a child's best friend and a parent's dream. Toys and games that are fun to play with, but teach kids and parents important lessons, too. But can we just let kids play on their own and get the same benefit, or do they need facilitation from a teacher? Mm -hmm. I'm accustomed to answering that question related to board games because we have a LeapFrog course called Rule Your World in which students play and analyze strategy games, and parents will sometimes ask, well, why should we pay for our child to take this course when they can sit around with their friends and play these games on their own? But our data suggests that when a teacher is asking questions and asking students to observe and reflect on what they're doing, the great game strategies are more creative and they're more varied and they're more complex. And the students also exhibit more perseverance and grit and they'll stick it out longer when they have encouragement and scaffolding from the teachers.
Okay, and since you brought them up, what do you think about good old-fashioned board games? Should we continue to play them? Absolutely. We'll actually be using a board game in our technology courses. It's called Robot Turtles, and it's a new board game that teaches block programming to kids as young as age four and up. So the way you play is you lay out your cards to create essentially a string of code. You make your turtle travel across the board, and as you play the game, you're learning how to create commands just as you would digitally, but you're doing it in this very tangible way, and it's a great introduction to sequencing and coding. Another nice thing about Robot Turtles is there are several different levels or versions that you can play, and each one is more complex than the other. So obstacles can be placed in the path of your turtle, and the kids have to navigate around it. There's also a way for them to write more sophisticated code using a function. Now, if you're a computer programmer and you want to make your code shorter or more efficient or more elegant, you use a function command so you can repeat a long string of code into a small piece. So in Robot Turtles, there's a function frog card that you can use to shorten your code and make it more elegant. So it's a really simple but also sophisticated board game and it's a wonderful example of making this connection between digital and a real-life experience. So the kids are playing with the game pieces, they're in a social setting, but they're also thinking and doing and learning the kinds of things that they would if they were a beginning computer programmer. This all sounds fantastic. I'm curious though, are you rolling out these technology courses to young kids because the tools are now available to do so? or because programming skills are now actually a requirement of young children in our digital society? Well, I would say the answer is neither A nor B. At CTD, the real motivation for developing these new technology courses at such a young level, at the pre-KK level, is our commitment to providing pathways for learners. And we're already doing this in our other subject areas. So in science, for example, we have a ZooVets course for four and five-year-olds. So if they want, they can start learning about biology and zoology from a really young age and then continue up until the time they may be taking AP science courses in our Equinox summer program when they're in high school. So we've created these pathways. We do this in language arts as well. Even before they're readers and writers, our CTD students are creating stories. They're acting them out. They're imagining fictional environments. They're learning research skills. They're writing nonfiction stories, even at a really young age. So we're already doing these pathways in science and language arts. We're doing it in math. So we want to do that for computer science, too. For young children with an aptitude and a passion for technology, we want to provide a foundation and an introduction to these kinds of thinking. We want to provide materials, opportunities for experimentation that they're going to encounter, similar to the challenges when they get older. So offering these technology courses puts us on the cutting edge. I don't know of any other early childhood programs that are doing this, but we know we have really advanced thinkers in our population of students, and we'd like to provide exciting learning experiences for them as early as possible. Well, I'm excited about the opportunities CTD students will be getting with both the new and old technologies this summer and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us, Anne, and thank you for sharing all of your wisdom.